Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, as always, joined by the Big Blue co-host himself from Brandenburg, Kentucky, the Wildcats are on hard times, homie, Mr. Michael Tran. What's up, my man? Hey, how's it going, Scott? Uh, things are going well. Uh, looking forward to a lot of great basketball and, uh, you know, going through the uh, regional uh, draft, which has been fantastic, man. I really appreciate uh, you and the entire uh, FFWC uh 
at Toolbox uh, crew putting this together. This has been a lot of fun. I mean, uh, we're we're through round seven, but you know we're having a lot of fun with this, and uh, just uh, I can't believe I'm drafting uh, on March seventh, but I am, and thanks to you guys. That's a pretty cool concept that you guys are in. I'm gonna I'm gonna post the link to the draft board in the chat room so everybody can can play along at home. But basically, the regional drafting go is a 12-team league split up into four teams of three from different parts of the country. We have the East, the Midwest, the South, and the West. Kind of a, a playoff of the NCAA bracket. And basically, uh, it plays just like a, a standard draft master league would, a draft and go league would, where there's no lineups, no waivers. You just draft. You kind of set it and forget it, and you kind of watch it you know, every week to see how you did and how you scored. But the kicker is, you kind of got some teammates here. So yes, you're trying to win, and you're you're trying to take the $99 that you spent and turn it into 100. But we had you, you kick in an extra 25 for the regional prize. And if somebody in your league wins the league, you win an extra 100 bucks. So yeah, everybody on the team would win an extra 100 bucks there. So it's pretty pretty cool little uh, regional, and it, and it gives it a little bit of teamwork action. And so far. I kind of like what you're doing in the draft, Mike. You you do have the 12 pick, but you got Josh Gordon and Jimmy Graham right off the bat. Now, the Ryan Matthews yeah. pick, I think, is going to be very highly debated in drafts this year. Ryan Matthews at the 312 pick, Mikey. Tell everybody what, what you saw in Ryan Matthews as the, the RB17 to take him at 312. Yeah, that was kind of tough, Scott. Uh, I, I Basically, I messed up uh, – I won't say I totally messed up, but uh, Josh Gordon and Jimmy Graham, uh, out of those two, I probably should have uh, shelved one of them and gotten Doug Martin or Giovanni Bernard. Uh, once that didn't happen and I went ahead and had uh, Josh Gordon and Jimmy Graham, I had to get a running back at that point in time. And the reason I took Ryan Matthews at that point in time was the way he finished last year. He finished with a bang. Uh, he really was, uh, he was just monstrous. Uh, he got all kinds of carries. Uh, and, he, you know, he was getting touches out, you know, I mean, he was getting all kinds of touches. Mm-hmm. So I had to I had to get me a running back at that point in time. So Ryan Matthews was one that I decided to go with. You know, Mike, I, 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 I'm going to tell you right here, I think it's an okay pick. I mean, if you look at week 10 on for Ryan Matthews, uh, he was a very solid pick. The number he was the number eight running back in the league last year from week ten on. That tells you that he has uh, the potential. They just weren't giving him the ball. They were giving it to Danny Woodhead earlier in the year. He seemed to be more effective. But look, Ryan Matthews put up. Uh, he still put up nice numbers. Twelve hundred and fifty. Uh, what twelve hundred and fifty yards rushing and twenty six receptions, seven touchdowns on the season. That's basic Ryan Matthews numbers. But he showed potential for a lot more as the number eight running back in the um, in in over the la- weeks ten to sixteen. But I'm kind of like you, Mikey. I like Josh Gordon. I love Jimmy Graham. There's no way you can fault either of those picks. And remember, last year we had this argument: man, we we need that running back early. Well, most of the teams that did well didn't draft a running back until late. Right. And could it? Will it be that way again? We're not sure yet. It's still early, so it's good to play around with other strategies. But I will tell you this, Giovanni Bernard, uh, the news came out this week that they will get him to 300 touches uh, this, in 2014. If that happens, Mike, he's a top two or three 
uh, back, which makes him a top two or three pick in uh, in your fantasy leagues. Very hard to be yeah. able to turn him down. Yeah, exactly, Scott. And uh, you know, I, I, I was like I said, I was playing around with it, and uh, you know, I'm like, I can't believe Josh Gordon is down to the twelfth pick. But who's going to throw to him? Oh, yeah, I don't care. Josh Gordon's that good. I'm going to pick him. Uh, then next thing I know, I got Jimmy Graham looking at me. Well, shoot, he he got the tag on him. He got the tag on him. He's probably going to hold out, but holdouts generally, you know, going to camp and they sign. But I'll take him. And then next two picks after me was uh, Doug Martin and Geo. But uh, I agree with I agree with what you just said, Scott. Uh, Geo is going to be very very exciting to watch. Uh, he's going to get all the touches. And it, it's going to make it so much more exciting for uh, A.J. Green. Wow. I want to thank everybody for being a part of uh, Red versus Blue every week. Uh, you can always call the show at 347-324-5404. That's the number to dial in if you want to be a part of the show, ask Mike a question. Obviously, there's not a lot going on in the regular redraft world. But Dynasty, man, Dynasty is uh, hot and heavy right now. It's funny. The Dynasty Football World Championship is open for registration in 2014. We are expanding this year. It's selling out fast. Uh, I'll just tell you that right now. Everybody's back for 2014, and we have uh, we have uh, over half of the spots are sold already for the openings in just a short matter of time. And it's not even we're not even out of March yet, Mike. So I expect this thing will be sold out uh, sometime uh, by the end of the month, if not sooner. Uh, so Dynasty yeah. Football World Championship, you can go to DynastyKing.com and you can find out more information. It's the only multi-league Dynasty Football draft that puts all the leagues together. You win your league, you advance the top four teams from every league advance into a championship round. And then we have a, a real cool Dynasty King bonus, Mike. I think you've heard of it. The Dynasty King is awarded for the three-year total. Whoever averages the yeah. most points every th- in a three-year rolling average every single year is going to be win a big uh, chunk of cash. Two thousand dollars is what it's set at right now, and awarded the title of Dynasty King, the first ever Dynasty King. So, pretty cool concept, Mike. The Fantasy yeah. Nation has embraced it, and I'm having a lot of fun watching people prepare for the for the DFWC. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about a mock draft tonight, Mike. That's going on. It's a dynasty startup mock, and, and this is going to be very revealing with uh, all the rookies that are uh, going to be drafted, and we don't even know where they're going to be. Yeah. You, you know what? That's, uh, that's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really not that good at dynasty, but uh, just uh, hearing about everything and, and the way to manage a team, uh, that's what it's all about. And to do the three-year deal like what you were talking about, Scott, I mean, that that's I mean, that, that, that's good stuff. That is a real dynasty king. If you can do that over three years and just continue, continue to uh, uh, redraft, develop your team, and then continue to stockpile and move forward, I mean, that is, well, a dynasty. Now, first of all, let's let's give Mike a little credit here. You You do have your... Uh, you, you know what you're doing with Dynasty. You had you won the Hyperactive Three League. It's a very competitive league. Uh, two years in a row, if I'm not mistaken, two years in a Correct. row, the Hyperactive Three League was won by Michael Trent. So uh, it can well, it can be done here. That's because it was a yes yes it can be done. You just got to uh, push the right buttons and uh, make sure everything's going on well. Uh, me personally, I'm in Dynasty. 
I'm very low active. I, I don't like to do a lot of trading. Uh, I got burned and did some stupid trades early. Uh, I like to rebuild with the draft. And uh, fortunately for a lot of dynasty players this year, this is going to be a great time to rebuild because this is going to be one heck of a draft. And we're going to talk about that. But And, Mike, I know what you're saying. A lot of people do build Dynasty. If you win Dynasty like you did, listen, you've bankrolled yourself for the next 10 years. You won two titles in a 24-man league. That's incredible, Mike. And so, you know what? It's okay if your team is feeling a little bit of pain right now because you cashed. And now you can rebuild. And I would just blow the sucker up, man. I would blow the sucker up, try to get as many picks for everything you can. Don't middle of the road it. You got two titles early on. Throw all those picks and rebuild through the draft and have some fun and rebuild. You can't win every year, but you have two titles yeah. under your belt, and that's what it's about. You cash, and you've stocked, you know, you've bankrolled yourself for 10 years here, so uh, don't, short, don't uh, short yourself any credit. Okay, we, there is a lot going on in NFL free agency. We're going to get to that. We have uh, the FFWC announcements this week, the 10K Commander, the 10K uh, Buy-In League, the, uh, the, the Top Gun League was launched, and signups are being accepted now at the FFWC message board. Uh, you can be a part of the 10K Top Gun League if you have $10,000 laying around and you want to, uh, you know, you want to win sixty grand in a, in, a, in a group of 12. It's a pretty cool, uh, huge contest, Mike, for high-stakes players, high-stakes high stakes, uh, ballers. Uh, if you really want to go at it, that's the big league around uh, the world here, the 10K buy-in Top Gun League. It's pretty incredible that that even exists. The morning before the, the before that draft, in the morning, the 5K Commander League starts. Now, Mike, last year that was our biggest league, but the demand is growing so much in fantasy that we had to give the customers and the players what they wanted. They wanted a 10K high-stakes league, and so that's what they're going to get. They're going to start the Thursday morning off, wow. Thursday, September 4th, in the Mirage, we have a special room set up. They're going to be drafting the 5K Commander at 9 a.m. They're going to have lunch. Sometime between 12.30 and 1 o'clock, we're going to get that 10K Top Gun League started up. And that will be amazing to watch. It's the biggest draft we've ever offered in the history of the FFWC. Well, you know, uh, people want it. They, they, uh, the players want it. And, you know, that's what it's all about. So, let's, uh, you know, I don't blame you guys for uh, going ahead and uh, – you know, offering it to them, and uh, it's going to fill up, and it's going to be a it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to, you know, just kind of once it's uh, all said and done, I can't wait to just watch and see who took who and where and when because that's that's a huge draft. By the way, there's a lot of stuff going on at fftoolbox.com that you want to check out before we get to the news. You can make your NFL mock drafts. You can go right to the homepage and make your own mock draft and see what everybody else is predicting for the teams, read their commentary, see what our writers are predicting for the teams. You can look at your favorite NFL team and see what they're being predicted to take in the draft uh, by the majority of the Toolbox users. Uh, so you can go and check that out. It's a very cool feature that's on there. I also want to direct your attention to fantasy baseball, Mike. You're a big fantasy baseballer. All the rankings are up. Sean Childs did a fantastic job on the rankings. He has a very uh, winning strategy when it comes to the draft. And so if you notice in the top 250, Mike, there is some very interesting dynamics going on with the top 250. Uh, and so that's something you'll want to check out uh, because he has several players that, um, that, let's face it, a lot of people aren't high on, but he is. 
And so that's what, well, that's very what you want to look for. You, you want to look for somebody, uh, you want to zig when they zag, so to speak. And he has, yeah, exactly. he, he basically puts it like this. And the way he told me was this. He said, look, uh, we have Craig Kimbrell, a closer for the Atlanta yep. Braves, as the number eight overall pick. Now, okay. most drafts have him being drafted around pick number 40. He's got another closer, Aroldis Chapman. Uh-huh. For the Red. Red. An- another closer, right, Mike, as the 10th pick overall that's normally being drafted around pick 60. But he says this. It's, it's all part of the Scout Edge score, so I encourage everybody to go over to, to, uh, and read his analysis on ScoutPro.com. But basically what he says is, look, it's just like taking a, a tight end like Jimmy Graham in your NFL exactly. draft. He said, it's exactly. a limited position. It has a lot of value to your team. And if you can hit on your sleepers, if you're confident on your sleepers, there's no more powerful of a pick than having a dominant closer like Kimbrell or Chapman on your squad because it means so much to the to your team, Mike. Talk about that. What do you think I'm, about that? Absolutely. I'll tell you what, uh, Scott, in uh, in the draft that I uh, took part in uh, earlier this month, or, well, a couple weeks ago, uh, Kimbrell was all over my radar, and I took him in the second round. And, you know, I felt like I got a steal. Well, guess what happened? Chapman went three picks behind me. There is no doubt about it. You have mm. to get those closers. I got burnt last year. I had a great team last year, and I got burnt because I did not have a solid closer. So, wow. I mean, Sean, Sean's he's, he's spot on. I mean, if you, if you can get those two or three that are right there, you better nab them. You better nab them and nab them quick. Uh, yeah, so it's very interesting, Mike, that you say that. Uh, it, it's something that, you know, we've gotten a lot of questions about uh, this week and ever since it was on there. And, and it's there's those high-stakes players, man, when you're winners like Sean every single year, you have to kind of perk your head and, li- and listen and say, what are they doing differently than the average guy to win their league? And if, like he said, if you have your sleepers, you know, you, it's worth taking a shot. Yeah. And well, I, I'll tell you another guy that's real good, uh, Perry Van Hook. Uh, you know, I've been uh, I've been watching him. I mean, he's just kind of a, you know, kind of a quote relaxed player. But uh, you know, he he plays a lot of uh, fantasy baseball, but he does real well. And uh, you know, but the one thing that I had to do this year was get a closer. And as it turned out, I was able to get Kimbrel. And I I'm hoping it's going to be okay. <laughs> Mike, we also launched the Mock Draft Simulator, courtesy of Fantasy Pros, on our website this week. If you go to the website and you want to practice for your big draft, there's no better way to practice than going to fftoolbox.com and clicking on the Mock Draft Simulator. I know, I know this is a football show, but I've never used a simulator as powerful as this, just like we did for the NFL Draft. It's even better this year for baseball. For example, I just loaded it up. I'm the five-pick. Mike Trout went one, Cabrera two, Goldschmidt three, McCutcheon four. Who do I take at five? Well, right at the very top of the screen, 46% say Carlos Gonzalez, 23% Clayton Kershaw, 20% Robinson Cano, and 10% Adam Jones. Mike, what would you do there? Wow, Adam Jones looks really good. Uh, I would almost take uh, Adam Jones. Carlos uh, that, Gonzalez, Robinson yeah. Cano, Clayton Kershaw, Adam Jones. 
Yeah, hard to, hard would, to turn uh, down Gonzalez here. It is, but uh, Adam Jones, man, he's he's consistent. He's consistently good. Yeah, Carlos uh, Cargo, they call him, has averaged 129 games over the past four seasons. But when he's playing, he's highly effective. Over that span, he's hit 311 while averaging 91 runs, 27 homers, 91 ribby, and 21 stolen bases. <laughs> Hard to turn down. So try out the Mike Graff like simulator the way I, Go ahead, Mike. Just, just, just close out the uh, baseball bit there, Scott. Uh, I really like the way this looks. I'm, I'm scrolling through it right now, and this looks really nice. Good job. Yeah, the simulator is awesome, man. You, you, you got yeah. it, it is just something that I am just blown away with. The team at Fantasy Pros, they really built a kick-butt software for you. So definitely something to check out. Okay, let's go into free agency, Mike. Uh, again, this is the Red vs. Blue Show, sponsored by FFToolbox.com and the FFWC Fantasy Football World Championship. Thank you to uh, the entire team here at FFWC. It's, uh, it's been a real joy to work with the, uh, with the team here, Emil Cadlick, Ian Ritchie, Cindy Crane, everybody that's involved with the FFWC uh, Mike, it's it's just the time of our lives, man. We are we are drafting in the hardcore league. We're drafting in a dynasty mock draft, and that's what I want to turn everybody's attention to right now. So I'm going to put a link to the chat room into the chat room. Here we go, excerpt for 420 in the chat room right there. I gave you that link that you were. Uh, he's talking about getting in a dynasty. So there you go. There's a the link. I want to tell you how this draft starts off. Everybody at home, the dynasty mock draft world championship. Jamal Charles one, Lashawn McCoy two. You could squabble either pick there. Not a big deal. The wide receivers are very interchangeable over the next five or six picks here. Des Bryant, A.J. Green, Josh Gordon, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson last to seven, Mike, because people took Julio, Gordon, Green, and Des in front of him, which, again, they're all very elite wide receivers. You usually go for the youth when you can because you get those extra years out of them. Totally understand that. Uh, I took Jimmy Graham at number eight. I could have taken Demarius Thomas, but – when it's, it's very hard to pass up Jimmy Graham. Uh, Giovanni Bernard at 10 overall, Randall Cobb at 11, and Adrian Peterson at 12. No real surprises there. Very safe first round. Every pick's kind of a winner. I don't think I would have taken Adrian Peterson at 12. Not at this stage in his career, especially when guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Doug Martin, Eddie Lacy, Le'Veon Eddie Bell Lacey. are still yeah. on the board. Yeah. Now, all of those running backs I told you just went right after that in the second round. Martin, Lacey, and Bell. Which of those three running backs would you take in a dynasty startup, Mike? Uh, Eddie Lacey, without a question. Uh, Let's face it, this team is uh, real structured. And, uh, you know, despite uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, uh, injury last year, I still think Eddie Lacey is going to be a monster in this league. Uh, if you have to have a running back, which, I mean, you know, it's getting to the point where you might not have to have a running back. But at this point in time, uh, a running back moving forward for years to come, I would take Eddie Lacy ahead of AP immediately. But, you know, he did come back with Alshon Jeffrey. And so, you know, that that goes a little young as well. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd take Eddie Lacy. Yeah, 23 years of age, does have a little bit of an injury history. I would probably take the 21-year-old Le'Veon Bell. I really like what I saw from him, and he was just as potent of a workhorse, Mike. I mean, by the time he got started, 44 receptions, 
uh, 70, uh, 770 yards on only 220 carries, seven touchdowns. You know, he's a, he's a good-looking back, too. Now, granted, when Aaron Rodgers gets back into the fold, you have to respect that passing game so much that it should, in theory, make things a whole lot easier for Eddie Lacy, and he could be even more it effective. And, I, and I'm assuming that's what you're going with. Yes. Uh, yes. Now, absolutely. the rest of those running backs are all really good. The rest of the, the second round goes like this. Corderell Patterson at five. I, I took him over Antonio Brown, which I'll explain in a minute. Keenan Allen, Gronkowski, Jordy Nelson, Brandon Marshall, Matt Forte, and Percy Harvin. Mike, that's a lot of youth on that on that line there. There is a, a little bit of definite production in Jordy Nelson. I don't. It's very hard. Again, another Packer. Uh, but again, if he can stay healthy, he's 28 years old. That that pick there, Rob Gronkowski pick, definitely surprised me. I would never risk my second round pick no. on a Rob Gronkowski. No. I mean, lots of upside, sure, but the injury history just way too much for me to stomach. And uh, look, I was debating between Antonio Brown and Cordero Patterson. It was a two horse race here for me. And well, when you're when you're, when you're talking dynasty like you are. Uh, you know, I, I think it would be a three-horse race. you got to include Keenan Allen in that. Uh, yeah, I think he's right Cordell there. Patterson. You know, all three were drafted right there together, and I guarantee it that all three owners, uh, Scott and uh, you and uh, Whiskey Peddler, I, I guarantee all three of you were had the eye on the prize. And you got Corderell and uh, – you know, he got uh, Antonio and Keenan Allen, but those three together in a dynasty league—I mean, they're, they're just—they're uh, going to be around for a long time, and they're going—they're going to produce for a long time. Now, don't get me wrong, Jordy is—I mean, he's—he's going to be great for you know two, three more years, but those three right there, Allen, Brown, and Patterson, for years. Yeah, yeah, and uh, look, Brown is—Brown was definitely tempting there. Uh, but Corderell Patterson is everything to me in a wide receiver that you really want. 6'2", 220, blazing fast. And look what he did with subpar uh, quarterback, 43 receptions in his rookie yeah. year. And it all came pretty late, you know. It all it all was pretty late in the season. They started giving him some carries when Adrian Peterson was out. Kind of let him fill that Percy Harvin role in the backfield. He got 10 carries over the last four games and scored a couple touchdowns on a couple of nice, really nice, impressive runs. So I really like what I'm getting there out of Corderell Patterson. But, uh, look, I love the Brown pick. Allen, we talked about it. There's Brandon Marshall. I, I'm not a Brandon Marshall guy in Dynasty startups in the second round. I'm sorry. It's a little too early for me. He's a guy that I – once you have him on your team, he, he's impossible to trade because if – especially if you're in a win-now situation like I am in the 1250, I don't want to trade him. I don't want to get rid of him because I just want to ride him out right now. He's just too pop, too powerful – and you're not going to get the trade value for him, unfortunately, because he's not young anymore. He's 29 years old. But 94 right. catches, 11 touchdowns, and it's probably going to happen again. It's not a guy you really want to get rid of. It's just not. You're not going well, to get the trade uh, value. I'll tell you what. I'd like, to break, uh, I'd like to break this draft down a couple more rounds because uh, Brothers Mayhem, uh, he really made some strides in three, four, and five. Matt Forte at 211, yeah, uh, again, a, a consistent performer in redraft, but at 28 years old, it's not the type of pick I want in a startup dynasty draft because, let's face it, in two more years, uh, you're going to have a, a running back that's 30 years old, and 
it's not going to be pretty. Your trade value is not going to last that long. And I always like to think a little bit more long-term in my, in my dynasty startups. My approach is a little different. I don't draft on team construction. I don't even look at team construction. I look at trade value. Which pick represents the highest amount of trade value out of every player that's on the board, period? And that's okay. right now. That's not, that's not looking at a month from now or right. a year from now. It's right now. So, for example, I don't care if it's a rookie pick or a stud performer. I look at draft and tr- – I mean, I look at trade value only, Mike. That's all I look at because as soon as this draft is over, you know what's going to happen? Offers are going to fly. Offers yep. are going to fly. And news on rookies, you know what that happens. As soon as they get landing on their teams, their value either goes up or down. But before the draft hits, when all of your research and all of your prep is done right around May, the value of the rookie pick skyrockets. And then after the draft, it sort of settles down. But I like to have those players on my team before that rookie draft because they are very powerful assets to your trading block. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, and and that's a good way to look at it. And you know, I have a hard time uh, looking looking at it that you know in that way. But uh, you know, you have to figure out who you want and uh, what age they are. You know, you got to incorporate age, no doubt about it. But uh, and then just uh, figure out. Uh, well, okay, I've got this guy, and I'm going to have him for a couple years, and then I'm going to shop him. Shop. Time starts start shopping. Yeah, and so look, uh, obviously, if you look at my draft board, I'm the uh, out of the eight hole there. <laughs> I didn't take a running back until the eighth round. I'm not worried about team construction because I can always trade for a running back if I need to to somebody that's uh, you know uh, that's got one. Now running backs are a little harder to fill, but I'm not worried. I'm not I'm not taking a win now approach with this team. But look, we saw it last year. You can plug in any running back that you wanted to. We just wait for the injury. Jordan Dodman and, and he, you know, these guys, Dennis Johnson, yeah. they were starting running backs all over the place. Now, I, I, I will not lie to you. Last round, I heavily considered David Wilson, and he just got sniped right in front of me. I was going to take David Wilson here in the 10th round because I think there is still enough uh, abuse. I want to abuse myself. That's really what it is. I just, I just didn't get <laughs> enough abuse last year. But – I, I think there's enough upside that still exists in David Wilson, a healthy David Wilson, that, uh, I mean, look, the guy was absolutely electric, making people miss. There's not a player in the league that can match his explosiveness, and I still believe that. Whatever reason, it didn't work out. And the injury, yeah. the neck injury, he may never play again. The surgery happened. People say that he's already lifting weights, that he's looking fine, and they fully expect him to play in 2014. Now, will he return uh, to that prominence that he showed he had the potential to have? Nobody knows. But in the 10th round, I would yeah, take a well, shot on a, on a guy like David Wilson. Yeah, well, I kind of would. No, I'd take that back. I would not. Uh, it's not necessarily the injuries. It's, it's the fact that he couldn't hold on to the football. Yeah. All right, that's, uh, that's true. I'm on the clock right now, actually. Uh, and I'll just tell you, I'll walk you through what's out here. Uh, it might be nice to get one of these quarterbacks, but look, Matt Ryan's still out there, Russell Wilson, Robert Griffin, Brady, Romo, Rivers, Cutler, Dalton, Manziel, Tannehill, Roethlisberger, Bridgewater, Eli, wait, wait. Flacco, Bortles. Wait on them, man. Yeah, dude, I, I just keep waiting. Just keep waiting. 
There's lots of them out there. There's Lamar Miller. Now, Lamar Miller, very interesting. Didn't do anything. <laughs> and he looked explosive in the preseason, Mike. And he is the starting running back for Miami. You got to think that Miami is going to try to address running back in the NFL draft this, this year, don't you think? Yeah, I, I would think so. There's a, there's a couple of running backs that are out there that they will address. Uh, but then again, you know, why, I mean, why would you want to? Uh, you, you know, it's it's become such an open-up game. And you guys, you know, I know you get tired of hearing me talk about it, but the, the fact of the matter is uh, it's not really a running back game anymore. I mean, there, there's not going to be many around. So, uh I well, the fact, the, the fact of the matter good. is um, the Dolphins are going to be on a uh, – uh, they're going to have to figure out what to do. They have Lamar Miller and Daniel Thomas. They've both largely been disappointments. And they will have to find a power back to replace Daniel Thomas because I don't see them bringing him back. What's their pick at? Uh, what, what pick do they draft at? I'm going to look that up real quick. Yeah, no, Miami picks at the 19th pick in the draft. Uh, everybody's expecting them to take offensive line. Everybody's expecting them to take offensive line. You've got that okay. Zach Martin kid from Notre Dame. He's a monster. Uh, Quandizio, the Alabama lineman. Uh, Lewin, the Michigan offensive tackle. And uh, Yankee, the guard from Stanford. Those are your powerful picks there. Uh, the offensive line. They've got to do something about that. And maybe they'll open up a hole for Lamar Miller. But the guy that I just drafted, Trey Mason, is a guy that I think they might look at later in the draft. You know, Trey Mason, maybe uh-huh. a second-round gotcha. pick, maybe even last. I, I think he's a second-round back. I think Trey Mason will go in the second round. And I'm predi- I, I, he's, he's the guy – the Dolphins are somebody that I can see taking a Trey Mason. Mike, I absolutely love Trey Mason. I think this kid, yeah. when you watch him run, I mean, at 5'8", 220 pounds, he reminds me of Ray Rice. Low to the ground. Yeah. Huge monster uh, lower body. That kind of a runner is very hard to tackle, and he's got good speed. Not really great speed, but he's got good speed. And uh, at Auburn, all he had to do was kind of you know run run up the middle, run well, through run through huge holes. But he he has a lot of potential. He he, he reminds a lot in the community of Ray Rice. Well, one thing about it, Scott, <laughs> I hope I know you love him because uh, that's your uh, only running back on the board. And you're you're getting ready to get another. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but uh, you know, yeah, I mean, that's going to be your uh, that's going to be your go-to guy. And if he breaks out, watch out. And then if you can grab another one immediately, watch out because your team is set up pretty good, not just to win now, but you know, in a couple of years. I mean, we're talking uh, some serious stuff. Yeah, I'm thinking about him. I'm thinking about a quarterback here. Even though I'd like to wait longer, I'd like to wait as long as possible. But I'm not going to just chase a, a pick just to have it on my roster. I want to make sure that the pick represents the highest trade value possible. And uh, when I look at the draft, ask yourself this question: Who has higher trade value, Jared Boykin or Matt Ryan? Oh boy, um, Jared Boykin. Probably. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Aaron Dobbs really? or Matt Ryan? I'm not so sure. Look, you get Julio Jones back. You get Julio and Roddy on both sides of the ball. Now you're really talking. You're really talking. 
I mean, he he will be back to his old uh, his old throwing ways. There are some other receivers here. Robert Woods looked fantastic for a rookie. Didn't have a quarterback, uh, a different quarterback. Had what four different quarterbacks last year? Lots of rookies. Right. Like, what about Kenny Stills, Mike? The big news out of free agency today was that Lance Moore was released Lance by Moore. the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, he got released. Absolutely. And look, this move saves New Orleans about two and a half million against the salary cap. And you gotta like what this mean, this means for a kid like Kenny Stills. He looked really good as a as a potential deep ball target and a weapon for Drew Brees. And the the, the crop is getting a little thinner there. You know, Colson's getting a little older. Uh, you you let go oh, yeah. of Lance Moore. You know, Joe Morgan is still there. Maybe he gets healthy. But I there were a lot of people that like what they saw in Kenny Stills. I'm one of them. And this gives him a, another opportunity to carve out a little bit of a piece of that huge, huge offense. They're also talking about maybe even letting uh, trading Darren Sproles and Pierre Thomas. They're all on the block. Well, yeah, uh, you know that that's. I'm hoping that uh, that my draft personally and uh, this draft that you're in will uh, hopefully be done by uh, by free agency time because I'm telling you what, come Tuesday. It's it's open season, man. I mean, there, there's going to be so many things happening come Tuesday. There's going to be players that that are going to different teams that you wouldn't expect. And I guarantee you, Scott, it's going to start at noon on Tuesday. Hey, you're Mike. Uh, this is the Red versus Blue Show. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We're talking NFL draft and free agency. You know, I'm looking at also guys that I'm thinking about taking in this dynasty mock draft startup that I'm in. And it's really kind of uh, at a point in the draft where a lot of people make the mistake of thinking about their team this year and saying, oh, you know what, Roddy White, I could plug him in for a couple more years. Or, you know, Marquez Colston, it's a, it's a nice pick right now. I want trade value. I want the highest trade value possible. It might be one of those older guys. I don't think it is. I'm looking at also a guy, you know, this is interesting. I don't have any, I don't have any real desire of taking him right here. But Mike Williams out of Tampa Bay, what happened to this kid? Because he was very productive. Now, Vincent Jackson comes to town in Tampa and kind of takes over the number one role. And now all they're talking about is drafting Sammy Watkins if he's there at the seventh pick in the draft. What would happen yeah. to Mike Williams? Well, Obviously, he'd be getting pushed out. But as a number three well, wide receiver in an offense, I mean, good gosh, Mike Williams would be impossible to cover. Yeah, he would be, but, uh, you know, he just uh, – it's attitude and uh, being able to uh, connect with the team, uh, you know, it's just uh, – it's never happened. It's never happened wherever he's been. Yeah, Party House brings more trouble for uh, Mike Williams. Uh, they rented a house. They had a lot of parties. The police came. And this is a pattern of behavior that just is uh, disturbing for the front office. They got the stripper pole in the living room of the party house. Yep. The neighbors hate him. Uh, this is um, this, it's just not good. And then, you know, in, in February, he was arraigned on misdemeanor charges of criminal mischief. You, yeah. I just don't know what to say. He, this carried him. This, this, this followed him from college days. He has so much talent, Mike. He has so much right. talent. He's almost almost like right. a Kenny Britt, you know, just so much talent, but he's just gonna just gonna fluff it away there. Uh, what else happened? Uh, Baldwin got a second round tender. The Seahawks placed a second right. round tender on restricted free agent wide receiver Doug Baldwin. That means any team that signs him, right, without having its offer sheet matched by Seattle, 
would have to send the Seahawks a second-round pick in the 2015 draft. Uh, he's a quality player, Mike, but not the kind of talent that would motivate most teams to surrender a second-rounder. So it looks like he's going to stick around in Seattle, which we kind of predicted. Golden Tate yeah. is the free agent that's going to get signed somewhere. And outside of Eric Decker uh, and a couple of other wide receivers, it's kind of a, it's kind of a blasé a James Jones kind of a blase wide receiver free agent crop. It really is. Uh, but the one thing that doesn't intrigue me is the running back crop. I mean, it really does. It just, I don't know. It just, there's a bunch out there. And so. Well, we'll definitely talk about that too uh, here in a little bit. Uh, what we also had happen, uh, we had Chad Henney, the Jags re-signed Chad Henney. I don't know what I, – I guess that's for veteran leadership. They could be eyeballing Sammy Watkins in the draft because, look, he indicated the uh, head – the Gus Bradley called the signing very important. A two-year deal worth $8 million, very important. He indicated that Henney is the likely week one starter even if Jacksonville drafts a quarterback third overall. Do you oh. buy that? I don't buy that. No, not at all. No, you nope. got to throw that quarterback to the fire. That's in today's NFL, you throw the quarterback to the fire. That's what we've seen over and over again. Uh, I think you have to do that. John Carlson uh, was signed by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Two-year deal worth what? Nearly five million. And he hasn't. Uh, he had a couple of good games there late in the year, but that was about it. Uh, Bruce Arians admitted that he wants his tight end to block first and catch second. So with Rob Hausler already on the roster, it's very little fantasy upside for either tight end, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, what else happened today? Bobby Rainey stuck with the Bucks. Uh, Brandon Browner I'd was like reinstated. To, I, I, would, I would really Seattle. like I'd like to talk about Doug Martin. Okay, uh, go ahead. Or yours. You know, I, I'm just uh, I'm kind of curious because you know I had an opportunity. Uh, let's face it, he's going to be one of your uh, first or second round picks uh, in dynasty and redraft, I think. Uh, but with Lovey Smith there, is Doug Martin a really good pick at that spot, first or second, or first or early second round? Uh, yeah, I think Doug Martin's still pretty safe in the second round, early early second round, maybe even late first. He just didn't remember the first year. A couple of huge games powered his numbers, and it showed us tremendous, you know, ability for him. But I don't. There, we 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 see from your regional draft and go, Mike, that uh, look, there's there's very good picks, very safe picks in front of him this year, right? There's um, yep. there, there's no reason to test the waters too early. But you can't let him go too much further than the early second part of the second round there. And to get Doug Martin in the early part of the second round is probably a steal. Probably a steal. Uh, but, well, yeah, the, you can't, you can't the, make the, the case against any of the guys in the first round above him. The reason I ask that is because Lovey, he, he likes – I mean, he's going to want to use running back by committee. He's already said that. He's already admitted that. And uh, so that's why I brought that up. Uh, okay, you brought up free agent running backs. Let's go ahead and t- take the attention there. Uh, and we talked about the Dolphins a minute ago. They have Lamar Miller and Daniel Thomas. Uh, they've been yeah. pretty big disappointments. 
so let's take a look at maybe kicking the tires on some of these uh, shopping for free agent running backs. Let me throw a couple of names at you and tell me which one sounds like they might be a good fit for the Bronco. Uh, well, I, I almost let the cat out of the bag right there. No Sean Moreno. <laughs> no Sean Moreno. I think he's a pretty good fit for the Dolphins. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, absolutely. He would be perfect. Uh, no Sean, he really showed himself last year in a positive way, and uh, I, I totally believe that No Sean will uh, he'll be a positive influence to any team he goes to. Yeah, uh, you look, you have a former first-round pick there uh, for Moreno. He, he shouldered a lot of the running load for the Broncos. He can definitely pass protect, which is good for that offensive line. He only had one fumble on the season. Uh, he did struggle against teams in the division. He gained just 2.9 yards per carry, scored zero touchdowns. When he played teams outside of the division, he gained five yards of carry and scored all 10 of his touchdowns. So very interesting. Now, you also have Donald Brown. Who again? Don't like our, our, Col- our Colts insider here said that the, the Colts will not be re-signing him, and he averaged 5.3 yards per carry, only carried the ball 100 times, but he looked good doing okay. it, and he scored six touchdowns on the season, no fumbles. That's not bad, uh, but he never lived up nope. to his top billing as a first-round draft pick, just like Moreno for the most part. Right, right, and you know I'm not I'm not a big fan of Donald Brown, but. Uh... You know, speaking in Indy, uh, how's that going to make Trent Richardson look this year? Well, look, he's going to get another shot. He's going to have a, a full off season in uh, with the team and with with the coaching staff to uh, really turn things around. Will he turn things around? I don't know if he'll ever regain the the look that we thought he would have. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see him try. And and look, I do. I, there is there is a part of me as living here in Indianapolis. There's a part of me that wants to say, you know what, he is the next Marshawn Lynch story to happen. You know, Marshawn was very good early on, kind of disappeared for a handful of years, and then look it at him now. Back. I mean, he's beast yeah. mode. Uh, okay. We've got LeGarrette Blunt too. That's another option that I could see kind of maybe uh, you Ooh. know a power back. If they lose Daniel Thomas there, I could see I could see them taking LeGarrette Blunt uh, in the draft as well. Uh, okay, so Mikey, back to this draft here. Uh, I'm on the clock. I have to take a player. I'm looking at players that have trade value, highest trade value. I'm looking at guys like um, Robert Woods, Kenny Stills. Man, it doesn't feel like I'm this deep in the draft, but I am. Aaron Dobson. I think Aaron Dobson has more value than all those guys, although he had a bad case of the dropsies last year. Let's see, running backs, Lamar Miller, Stephen Ridley, Bernard Pierce. There's Darren McFadden. Man, do you think Darren? I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking McFadden by any stretch of the imagination. But do you think there's any chance of a resurgence for Darren McFadden? Uh, it's too risky. Just, yeah. Just too daggum risky. No way. No way. Yeah. It, it, it's all about the zone blocking. Uh, the zone blocking scheme uh, was effective for him, right? Uh, and, you but when you go to the when when you go to the other scheme, it's not gonna. It, it, he was not. It, it was just a big problem for him. It was a real. Well, big the one problem. thing about Scott, if you take McFadden and he's healthy for ten, eleven weeks, you look great. I mean, you look like the best fantasy owner in the world. But what if he gets hurt in week eleven or twelve? 
in the most crucial weeks that you need him, and he's down. What do you do? Uh, no, no, no. The risk is not worth the reward. No. Actually, I have that wrong. I, I, I had that wrong. I got confused. The zone blocking scheme was the issue. It, it, it didn't mix for him when they, when they moved to the zone blocking, and it's not his style. Uh, and it's been fairly obvious that, you know, he, they hope that going downhill, not returning to the same zone blocking scheme would be, would be the issue there, it would be the way to return him to fantasy glory. Uh, there are some teams out there, we researched this the other day, uh, that don't employ the zone blocking scheme. And when we saw one team stood out kind of that uh, said, you know what, if he ended up there, it might not be a bad place for him. And it was San Francisco. Now, do you think McFadden could have a, see a resurgence in a San Fran? I, I don't think it, I don't think it matters what team he's on. I think it's just, you know, it's just, uh, mental makeup and uh, physical makeup. That's gonna McFadden is talented. I mean, this guy is really freaking talented. But I, I don't think it's gonna matter if he's on San Francisco or Oakland or Tampa Bay. The guy's hmm. gonna get hurt or he's not. I, I, that's just me. Uh, we were looking for other defenses here. Uh, here we go. Uh, we I have a li- I have the list pulled up here now. We have ta, 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 ta. we've got man blocking and zone blocking, and we have a couple of teams here: Tampa Bay man blocking, but they're already they are they're already occupied. St. Louis man blocking scheme they've already got uh, their back of the future there. New England, you're telling me a McFadden in New England couldn't see a resurgence? I think a healthy Mc, and again this is the this is the Warriors way, right? If you if you uh all the guys that uh, diss on the players that got injured, usually you get them at a steal later the next year. You pick them up, and right. you know everybody else is trash, somebody else is treasure. And when he's effective, when he's healthy, there's, a, there's not a lot of backs that are better than a Darren McFadden. Uh, but a New England, well, I could see a resurgence there. I could not. Jacksonville, I could. I'm not, I wouldn't want to see him end up there. I don't think it's good enough. Detroit's already got their man. They're man blocking. Dallas. Dallas? You remember Jerry Jones had a thing for McFadden? You remember that? Yep. Coming coming into college, I we everybody thought that Jerry Jones would not be able to turn down McFadden. Maybe he ends up in, in Dallas with with uh, Murray. Wouldn't that be something? No, no, no. Wouldn't Chicago, happen. they already have their back. Cincinnati, they already said no. Uh, Baltimore, I don't see them going there. Arizona, can you imagine? I doubt it. Well, well all right. let, let me just put it this way. Can you imagine a healthy McFadden and a Sammy Watkins? You mean like in Oakland? Yes. Oh. Well, I don't think there's any – from what I, from what everybody's saying, there's, there's no chance that uh, he's going to re-sign uh, in Oakland. He's a goner. So you're looking at uh, Rashad okay. Jennings, Latavius Murray, who was injured all of last year. And maybe pulling in, and maybe coming in and getting a free agent there uh, to I, to help. You've also got Marcel Reese that'll never go away. I hate the fact that Sammy Watkins, which I am, uh, <laughs> I, I love Sammy Watkins. He's going to end up in Oakland. That's that's the way I'm seeing that's it right prediction. now. 
he's going to end up in Oakland. And, uh, man, I just want this guy to succeed, and I want to see a running back alongside of him to succeed. I'll tell you right now, 24%, if you pull up the Sammy Watkins page at FF Toolbox, 24% of user mock drafts predict that he will be an Oakland Raider. 13% St. Louis. 9% 9% Tampa Bay, and 8% Cleveland. Now, man, Gordon, Watkins, and Cameron in Cleveland, now you're starting to amp up that offense a little bit. You just need a quarterback. Now, will well, they be able to have him? That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Yep. Will Cleveland's they be able to get a quarterback? Yeah, they're, they're going to take quarterback. It's going to either be Bridgewater or Manziel. Yeah, one four and one twenty six. See, the question yeah. is, what, which quarterback? Will there be a quarterback at the twenty sixth pick left? A couple of names that have came up is the Garoppolo kid and Derek Carr. Or uh, those are the two quarterbacks that people are saying, hey, if you could get you a nice piece at the one four, and not take one of those quarterbacks, you can get a good right. quarterback at the end of the first. But I'm like, you know what? it's a very tough position for, for Cleveland fans to be because you've seen so yeah. many middle-of-the-road quarterbacks. You, you almost, is this the year you take your shot with one of these quarterbacks? You can set your franchise back for years if you don't get the right one. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough. And, uh, you know, is it the right one? Uh, you know, it, for us, is Bortles. Bortles, I mean, there, there's no guarantee that he's going to go. So, uh you know, if Bortles falls to Cleveland and Ford, do they take him? Big, tall, can do the job? Maybe in the NFL. Who knows? So, you know, it's a roll of the dice. So, Cleveland, it might be a good idea for them to uh, just stand pat and then uh, wait, wait a little bit later. But they're not going to get a franchise quarterback. As much as I want, as much as I don't want to say it, as much as I don't like the kid. I think you take Manziel. He's badass. I, I think you take Manziel and you just say, you know what, yep. let's see what the kid can do. Is he worth gambling your franchise on? I mean, look, these these are multi-millionaires, if not billionaires, that own these NFL teams. And you right. can set your franchise back. He lacks height. He lacks arm strength. He's very thin for his size. He needs to bulk up. He took a lot of shots in college. He's got. He's very mobile for a, for a quarterback. Very fast. Uh, good velocity. He appears to be a great leader, but he has a little bit of attitude when he's on the field, and he, he relied on his ability to escape the pressure a lot and make plays out of the pocket. And, and okay, you know what? Maybe you might need that in Cleveland. You know. So. Well, you, you know, you, you you describe one person, Brett Favre. Oh, just boy. now. Oh, my. Yep. Yep. He, he you, you, you did, you, you went there. Manziel and Brett Favre in the same sentence. Is that what you just did? I did. All right. So Every, who's going to have everything you said? Everything you said about the young kid coming out of Southern Miss. Every adjective you threw out was exactly the way Johnny Manziel is. Let's just let's just let's just play a quick game here. Which quarterback is going to have the better fantasy career, Bortles 
Yeah. Bridgewater or Manziel? Oh, I will say Bridgewater. Ooh, okay, so you got to vote for Bridgewater uh, for fantasy. Now, which of those three quarterbacks, regardless of what teams they land on, which quarterback is going to win more games in their first three years? Quarles. Who? Quarles. We got. Who did you say? Bortles? Manziel okay? or Bridgewater? Bortles. Bortles. You said Bortles. I, I didn't. I didn't know if you were chewing on something or what. I, I didn't know. Okay. No, I'm All right. Well, up. All right, so you did give Bridgewater a little bit of love. I'm surprised, you know, with you being a Kentucky fan and all. What tell tell America the state of Kentucky? What's going on with Calipari? Why is everybody ready to abandon ship on this whole philosophy of the one and dones already? How do Mike, let me just tell you right now. You are the voice of Kentucky basketball for all of the fantasy football fans out there. There's no there's no other Kentucky fans out on the fantasy football airwaves. Tell America what your take is on this whole uh, Calipari, look, he the, the year they won the championship, he didn't recruit that team. Yeah, he recruited part of the team, but there were some veteran leaders that were recruited by the former administration. Last year was an absolute disaster fiasco. They bring in the best, most heralded rookie class that's ever been seen in college basketball, and so far it's been a pretty big disappointment and letdown. So what's going on, and wh- what are we to take of it? On Kentucky basketball, let me tell you something. I love what Kentucky basketball is doing. The one and done, I don't care for it. When people say, well, you know, John Calipari, he coattailed a bunch of recruits. Well, it takes a lot to win a national championship. It takes a whole lot. Tubby Smith did that. Tubby Smith won a national championship with, quote, Rick Pitino's players back in 1998. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a great year, a great season. Well, let me tell you something. You don't, you don't get behind thirty to Duke and twenty-eight to Utah in the Final Four and win those games based on talent. Coaching and coaching comes into the realm. Can, so, can we talk about this year? What this year in the future? Oh well, I, uh, you were talking about last year. This year, I like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm seeing. They, they're young, they're dumb, young and dumb. They got a lot of things to, uh, you know, to overcome. But but Ooh, how do you, how did you young, adjust though? You you were you were the fan base was expecting a four and O type year. Calipari was sitting there telling the world, "Hey, I've got three starting groups of five here." And I and uh, I, to be honest with you, I've never had an undefeated a, whoa, season. Whoa 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 whoa! I've, I've never I'm had a, I've I, never had an undefeated season, and I think this team could be the first one whoa, to do it for me. Whoa 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 whoa! I'm a big blue fan, as you know, Scott. And there is no way when when Calipari shout out that forty and old crap, I was like, oh, I just shook my head left and right. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in this day and age. This is not John Wooden day. Bottom line is Calipari is just pumping these guys up, pumping these guys up, pumping these guys up. Well, they're not as good. They're they're not number one. And hopefully the nation will understand that the one and done is not that good. However, I will say this. 
they're not that bad because if you take a look at the number one team in the nation down to the number 25 team in the nation, ranked in the rankings, there's very little margin of error. That's all the time we got. Uh, You just heard everything you wanted to ever hear and and then some on Kentucky basketball. Russ Smith heating up for the Cardinals. We love seeing that. Go, Russ. Go, Luke. Uh, win this they are AAC. Freaky good. Hey, the SMU game was a big, big win because that team was very big hard time. to beat at home. Thank you, everybody. Uh, FFToolbox.com. Head over there. If you're wanting to play in the leagues, DynastyKing.com. You can find all the information on the Dynasty World Championship. See you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.